Item 13 is federal legislation update. Oh, excuse me. Yep, federal legislation update from Mr. Giglio. Welcome. Thank thanks you. Thanks for making it to Santa Cruz. Yes, thanks, uh, Chair Kalantari Johnson and uh, Vice Chair Brown and directors. It's great to be in Santa Cruz in Watsonville, uh, in Santa Cruz County here, uh, and getting away from Washington. I uh, sent my uh, slide yeah, presentation to Donna a couple of weeks ago. And just a couple of things have happened in the interim in Washington. <laughs> so <laughs> I may have little updates. Is there, is this going to get uh, me? Can you move it forward on the right hand, yeah. right hand side? There you go. I also am not Matt Starkey. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, so just a few things that I wanted to go through, uh, you know, kind of in addition to kind of, again, what's, what's been going on in the House. But uh, the FY 2024 uh, DOT budget, uh, the uh, federal fiscal year, technically started on October 1 of this year. But, uh, of course, we do not have a finalized budget. That's not new. Congress hasn't done that in about 25 years. Uh, the IIJA, or as the President calls it, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, the five-year bill that reauthorized transportation programs and also created some new programs. Uh, so I wanted to give you a little bit of an update on that. And then the overall 118th Congress uh, next year is the second session of the, of the two sessions of the 118th Congress. So just kind of give you a little bit of a highlight about that. So FY 2024 budget, as I mentioned, started uh, the budget technically uh, the year started on October 1. We don't have a budget enacted. Again, like I said, not uh, unusual. Congress has not met that October 1 deadline for the past 25 years. I believe this is 26 years now that they haven't met that. Uh, deadline. Uh, and so what, what is needed in these cases is a stopgap uh, funding measure, which we call a continuing resolution, that keeps the government open and it essentially funds agencies at their current levels. So we don't have a government shutdown, but what also a CR kind of does is, is it holds everybody kind of, nobody wants to do anything big during a CR because they know that that's not their final budget. Uh, and they could potentially get cut or maybe they get increases. Uh, and so uh, it kind of holds everything steady at these agencies, but they're not moving forward. And so, of course, we would rather have this, this uh, budget. Unfortunately, the House, the Republican-led House and the Democrat-led Senate are pretty far apart on their FY 2024 budget proposals. So for example, uh, the budget is made up of 12 bills that fund the various agencies and Congress tries to take them up individually. Uh, the bill in the House that funds the Department of Transportation, it also funds HUD and some other kind of related smaller federal agencies. Right now the House is proposing about a 25% overall cut to that bill. Uh, and uh, and uh, while the Senate is proposing kind of level funding near FY 2023 a little bit far. So very far apart there uh, on that. Uh, I also wanted to add, and I may have talked about this before, it's kind of a bugaboo with me, but we, we have heard uh, on both sides, Democrats and Republicans, that they want to concentrate a little bit more on deficit reduction in the years to come. Uh, the problem with that is that right now 60% of the U.S. budget is uh, annual budget takes up uh, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, things like that. Another 10% is about interest on the debt. Another 20% of that, maybe a little bit less, is defense. And then 15% of that is what we call non-defense discretionary spending. And that's really where most of Congress is looking to find these very, very ambitious deficit reduction goals. They're only looking at that tiny 15% of the budget, and that includes the US DOT budget. And so we worry about these deficit reduction discussions that 
don't include uh, everything. I, I saw something in the New York Times. Uh, somebody, somebody said the U.S. government is like a, a giant insurance company with an army. Uh, you know, when you talk about that entire budget. So, so anyway, so that, so just wanted as by way of background, when you hear about this deficit reduction stuff in Washington, in a lot of cases, they're talking just about that that pretty small um, slice of the of the federal budget. The good news about the U.S. DOT budget, while that there is a 25 percent proposed cut uh, overall for that bill that funds DOT and HUD in the House. Uh, the formula programs, the 5307 formula program that funds a lot of uh, the transit operations here uh, would be sort of held harmless. The, if you recall, the, uh, the IIJ or the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law authorized funding from FY22 through FY26 for those formula programs. Both the House and the Senate sort of stay with those authorized levels, which would be about a 2 to 3 percent increase, I believe, uh, over FY23 levels. So I think we're pretty good there. Uh, you've probably heard me use the goofy budget term in the past, plus-ups, and that is where Congress will provide, and in recent years has provided a little bit more money to those authorized levels from the bipartisan infrastructure law uh, in the past. So the bus program, the bus discretionary grant programs and other things got little plus-ups. This year, I think those plus-ups are going to be harder to get. Again, sort of trying to keep the budget steady. The, the House has none of those plus-ups. The Senate has some pretty small plus-ups. Uh, and uh, with, with regard to DOT, uh, uh, the, the heavy um, victims of, of proposed cuts in the House bills are, are Amtrak, uh, what they call the Capital Investment Grants Program. They used to call it New Starts. That funds light rail and BRT projects uh, and some other FRA programs. Those are the big culprits of the cuts at uh, USDOT. Like I said, the formula programs, the programs that were authorized in the IIJA overall are protected, so it's not all uh, bad news. Uh, this budget impasse that we're at sort of has its de has its roots in the debt limit deal that was uh, that was agreed upon earlier this year, where um, where uh, Congress agreed to essentially freeze uh, the budget the annual budget for FY24 and FY25 uh, in exchange for allowing that debt limit to be increased, and we wouldn't default on on some of our uh, uh, responsibilities. What the House did was they took that debt limit deal agreement as a, um, as a ceiling and not a floor. And so they comp composed their FY 2024 budget using a, 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 an overall budget level that was significantly less than what was agreed upon in that budget deal. The Senate took it more literally, and they've been using, you know, using a budget uh, at that higher level. So. It's going to be difficult to break this logjam, and, and I say here the new new House leadership won't likely break that logjam. I think it's going to be very difficult uh, uh, to do. Um, and, uh, and again, this, this one's actually a little bit of a change. I, I, two weeks ago, I thought the likelihood of a shutdown on November, a government shutdown on November 18th was very high because this new House leadership might not be interested in it. Um, but from all the reports we hear, the new Speaker of the House has um, uh, has you know, gotten his caucus around uh, the idea of another CR at the very least, and this one would be a longer-term CR through either January or April uh, of next year to allow more um, uh, negotiations on the budget. So good news that this new speaker doesn't want to shut down the government and his caucus seems, the Republican caucus seems to be behind this. The bad news is I think that they want that extra time to really try to squeeze hard uh, on, on 
implementing that 25% cut to the HUD DOT budget and, and others. So, um, so it's going to be uh, a messy next few months uh, with regard to the budget. I think the Senate and the White House are going to hold firm uh, on, on that debt limit deal ceiling. Uh, and so we'll see. Uh, I, I, I don't know where we're going to, where we're going to, what's going to happen, but I think for a lot of agencies, you know, like, again, a 25% cut is, is bad. So in, even if you meet them halfway on that, you've still got a 12.5% cut, uh, which is pretty significant to a lot of agencies. Again, going back to the fact that I knock on wood, our formula program money is, um, is probably in pretty good, pretty good hands. So the infrastructure law, 2021 IIJA, we've got probably years one and two of the five years worth of funding kind of on the street, either with uh, awards that were given and, or uh, notices that are currently out there for, for people to apply to. Um, I think the White House is trying very hard uh, while you know, things get messy in Congress, what they do is they roll out money, uh, you know, for, for various programs, uh, and, uh, and I think they're happy to do that. Uh, just wanted to kind of give you, you know, again, kind of an idea of the high-profile funding. You know, these are, these are uh, bees, you know, billions of dollars that, that are given away annually. It's pretty historic, uh, unprecedented for all of these programs. Um, on the other hand, they're all oversubscribed. <laughs> and so when you hear, oh, there's all this infrastructure money out there, billions and billions of dollars, yes, the needs far, far outweigh what we even have. And so, for instance, the $1.2 billion annually for the low and no emissions vehicle program and, you know, the $20 million that you folks were able to secure this year was just, you know, fantastic. And, and I wouldn't say that, oh, well, I got a billion dollars. Of course you got some money. This was highly, highly competitive oversubscribed, lots of real um, uh, thoughtful strategy by Mr. Tree and his staff putting together this, uh, getting the congressional delegation on board for it. It was, uh, it was a very, very heavy lift and a really impressive uh, a really impressive outcome. So a couple of the other programs are, you know, um, Santa Cruz County and, and Santa Cruz Metro be benefits from too with a, that mega grant that was a, the Highway 1 um, uh, award that was from earlier this year. Uh, the Safe Streets uh, and Roads is a kind of a pedestrian safety program that a lot of uh, uh, entities in Santa Cruz County. So so a lot of that money is, is coming into Santa Cruz County through most, a lot of it through Metro, but through other, through other ways. As I mentioned before, the IIJA provides funding for federal uh, authorizes programs at DOT for the next five years, so through 2026, uh, and, and those competitive programs as well. So as far as transportation reauthorization, we've got a little bit of time, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit about later about how maybe it's never too early to discuss these things. Uh, we have found that um, we, the White House in their, you know, awarding of these programs, they continue to feel very, very strongly about uh, Buy America uh, requirements uh, with regard to purchasing U.S. Uh, uh, domestically uh, uh, produced uh, things. Uh, and permitting, uh, environmental permitting and, and uh, things like that. Again, the DOT uh, priorities, again, if you look at the awards that they've given out, very heavily, um, um, you know, focused on, on issues with regard to safety, modernization, climate, uh, equity, uh, and also equity with regard to geographic, geographic uh, distribution. That's been something that they care quite a bit about. 
Uh, here's uh, just again overall uh, just a reminder we've got in the House we've got a pretty slim Republican majority uh, we also have a very slim Democratic majority in the Senate and that will continue into uh, 2024 uh, adding on top of that the idea that it's an election year is going to make things probably pretty messy with regard to legislating I would predict that you know again sort of the budget the FY 2025 budget will be a focus and kind of a quote-unquote must-pass Maybe not a lot else will be able to get done uh, next year uh, on that line. Uh, again, the budget battles will continue. As I mentioned before, the White House, again, kind of has this benefit of allowing Congress to kind of fight over things, uh, but they've still got this uh, IIJA and the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which uh, includes a lot of uh, climate change uh, tax credits and uh, some programs at EPA. So they'll continue to be able to implement that and award money uh, while Congress fights. Uh, I would also say this probably even though uh, we're funded, the DOT is funded through 2026, and I and in listening to these really impressive uh, presentations that you know both Chuck and John are, are giving, you know about kind of these out years, right? What happens past 2026? I don't think it it is too early to start talking to our congressional delegation, Congress, uh, you know DOT about what happens in this next authorization. With this, you know, with the deficit reduction being sort of very you know, um, close to a lot of members of Congress, keeping those levels, that, those authorized levels from the budget, uh, from the bipartisan infrastructure law as the baseline for the next five-year authorization is really important. We want to grow on what we, you know, continue to have as opposed to people saying, well, you got your, you know, you got your chunk in the, in the infrastructure bill. Now we're going to start ramping down. I have not heard that, but I think that we need to, you know, talk about the needs out there. And I think, again, uh, the, uh, the proposals that, uh, that staff have put forward today uh, are a great starting point to educate our delegation and Congress that um, there's more to be done. Uh, on these things. So uh, I think that was all I had. I'm happy to answer any questions or anything I missed. Um, but uh, thank you again for your time. It's, it's uh, fantastic to be here. Thank you.